VCY America presents Crosstalk, a nationwide call-in program discussing issues that have an effect on our families, our communities, our churches, our nation, and our world. Crosstalk, an opportunity for you to voice your concerns for biblical principles. And now live by satellite and around the world on the Internet at vcyamerica.org. Here is today's Crosstalk. And friends, thank you for joining us on Crosstalk here on VCY America. I'd like to ask you a question. Have you ever looked at two pictures side by side with the question above the two pictures asking, what's the difference? Perhaps they indicate there are 10 differences between the pictures and you need to find them. Well, at first glance, the pictures may look identical, but as you begin to look at the pictures, there are some very obvious differences that jump out at you, and yet others, well, they're just a bit more obscure. So you continue to study, and the more you study the pictures and pay attention to the details, the more differences you see. Well, today we're going to put up two pictures before you. We're going to put up the picture of biblical Christianity. And the other picture is that of Roman Catholicism. Now, some would say the pictures are the same, but our guest today indicates that the pictures are very quite different. So what is the difference? Joining us today, we welcome Mike Gendron uh, back here to the Crosstalk Studio. He's founder and director of Proclaiming the Gospel Ministry. He was a devout Roman Catholic for over three decades, was taught to rely upon the authority of the Church above all else. He searched the Scriptures, was amazed to find that what he read in Scripture contradicted the very teaching and the tradition of the Church that he had been a part of for so long. Well, he trusted Jesus Christ as a Savior, and now the Bible has become his sole authority for all matters of life. He's the author of the books Preparing for Eternity and Contending for the Gospel. He's produced numerous videos with warnings concerning false teachings and, and uh, also the truth of the Scriptures itself. Mike you're in studio today. Good to have you here in Milwaukee. Well, it's a privilege and a joy to be with you, Jim. Thanks for having me. And uh, for those in southeast Wisconsin, we will be uh, sharing with you where you can hear Mike. And often on Fridays, we have a news roundup program, and or today on the 11th, a veteran call-in program. We did uh, had that yesterday to honor veterans. Mike, you yourself a veteran, and thank you for your service to the nation. It was a privilege to serve our nation. Well, Mike, uh, you've been on Crosstalk a number of times and just kind of laying, getting some things off the table here as we get started today. I will often hear from individuals who say, this is a time when we need to be uniting together as individuals and programs like this are divisive. Um, how do you respond to that? Well, the Lord Jesus came to divide father against son, mother against daughter. And that's what the gospel does. It divides families, it divides believers from unbelievers divides light from darkness, and we just have to make sure that uh, we're on the right side of truth. And so I'm thankful for this program this morning. Jim, as you probably know, the average evangelical today doesn't know if the Roman Catholic Church represents a mission field that needs to be evangelized or if they're made up of brothers and sisters in Christ because many of our evangelical leaders are signing unity accords, daring to say that we share a common faith in the gospel with Roman Catholics. Doesn't the Bible tell us so to be unified? Well, the Bible speaks of unity and the truth. We're all baptized by one spirit into one body, and then we are to maintain that unity. Mm -hmm. But it first comes from the Spirit of God baptizing us together, and we're supposed to stand opposed to that which opposes truth and opposes the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Another comment, Mike, I will often hear from individuals who will say, well, there they go, Catholic bashing again. Is, is that your purpose? Not at all. I've dedicated my life to reaching Roman Catholics. I have a great love and compassion for the 1.3 billion precious souls who are where I was for most of my life, believing I belong to the one true church and on my way to heaven through my religion, but yet woefully deceived. And it wasn't until I opened the Bible and the truth set me free that I am now a born-again Christian. And, you know, Jim, that's the nature of deception. People do not know they're deceived until they're confronted with the truth. So when I opened the Bible, I was confronted with the truth. And, and that's my prayer for any Roman Catholics that's listening today. And don't believe Mike Gender and believe the Word of God. I'm simply a signpost. I want to point people to the Word of God. Mike, let me bring one more of further criticism that we've received sometimes. And, and the people have said, well, that Mike Jenner, he's just a disgruntled Catholic, and he's got an axe to grind. Not, a, not at all. Uh, I'm angry at the religion that deceived me for half of my life. And, you know, we have to make a distinction, Jim, between the Roman Catholic people who I love dearly 
and the Roman Catholic religion that deceives them about life's most critical issue. The Lord Jesus said we are to be passionate for the truth and to hate that which is false, because there's nothing more important in this life than where will you spend eternity. The Catholic Church maliciously deceives its people about the wide road that leads to destruction. That's where Roman Catholics are, and the only hope they have is if those who have the truth will lovingly confront them in their deception. You heard me in the very introduction of the program talk about the two different pictures and studying them and so forth, and at first glance people say, oh, those pictures are one of the same. Why is it that some people think the pictures of biblical Christianity and Roman Catholicism are the same? Why do they think that? The reason is because there is a thin veneer of truth in Roman Catholicism that hides a false and fatal gospel. Now, Roman Catholics believe in some of the fundamentals of the faith that biblical Christians do. We believe that Jesus Christ is the second person of the Trinity, that he was born of a virgin. He lived a sinless life. He died on Calvary's cross, was raised three days later, and will come back to judge the living and the dead. Those are the fundamentals of the faith that we share with Roman Catholics. But that's but a thin veneer of truth that hides their false and fatal gospel. So, Mike, uh, you studied the two pictures that we've laid out here, that of biblical Christianity and Roman Catholicism. And uh, today we're going to be pointing out at least seven differences. Uh, There's more than that, but at least seven differences between the two. So I'm going to ask you the question, what's the difference? And uh, let's talk about the first difference you point out, and you call it a different church. Sure. The Lord Jesus started one church, and he promised that the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. It is the apostolic church. It's the church that has the faith of the apostles. And everyone who joins the Roman Catholic Church must join by being baptized by the Holy Spirit. Well, in the Roman Catholic Church, you enter the Catholic Church through water baptism, not spirit baptism. And so the true church of Jesus Christ has only one head. He's the one that died for his church, and he's the only one that can be the head. The Catholic Church has two heads. They have the Pope as well as Christ. The Christian church is sanctified by the truth, whereas the Roman Catholic Church is man-centered instead of spirit-led. It's interesting. Everybody in the Lord's Church, the Christian church, their names are enrolled in heaven, and they are guaranteed eternity with the Lord Jesus Christ. But in the Roman Catholic Church, there's no guarantee of heaven. Catholics teach that if you belong to the Catholic Church and you die in mortal sin, you'll go to hell. And so the Christian faith has two ordinances. In the Christian church, the Catholic Church has seven sacraments. The Christian church upholds the faith, and the Roman Catholic Church departed from the faith. And Jim, that's what I would really stress with our listeners that are Roman Catholic. Yes, Christ started one church, but along the way, the Roman Catholic Church departed from the apostolic faith to follow doctrines of demons. And that's what the Apostle Paul said would happen in First Timothy chapter 4. So let's look at the Matthew 16 passage, because many will point to Jesus saying, Thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. And so consider Peter to be that first pope, if you will, uh, the, the, the very foundation for the church itself. Uh, are we talking two different, uh, uh, two different pictures here, or one and the same? Well, that's the most important verse in Roman Catholicism, Matthew sixteen eighteen, because Jesus has just asked, Who do men say that I am? Peter, the first to answer, said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And then Jesus said, Peter, upon this rock I will build my church. What did Peter just do? He made a profession of faith as to who Jesus is. And then Jesus goes on to say, This was not revealed to you by man, but by my Father in heaven. And so it was divine inspiration that led Peter to know who Christ is. And so a few verses later, Jesus said, before I build my church, I must first go and die for my church. And what was Peter's response? Lord, Lord, may it never be. Mm -hmm. He calls Jesus Lord, then rebukes him. And then Jesus has to say, get behind me, Satan. You have in mind the things of men rather than the things of God. So clearly, Jesus was not building his church upon a fallible man that he would have to say, you're a mouthpiece of the devil. No, Jesus Christ is the only foundation for his church. Okay, so we clearly in our picture, we have a different church. We do. And Peter even knew that uh, Jesus was the rock in his first epistle. He said, I'm a fellow elder. Jesus is the rock. So Mm -hmm. we have proof from Peter. 
Let's look at another difference, and uh, you call this a different authority. Right. The Church of Jesus Christ submits to the Lord Jesus Christ as the head and to his word as the supreme authority in all matters of faith. In Roman Catholicism, they have three different authorities. Sacred Scripture would be one, but they also have their tradition as well as the infallible teaching of their bishops and pope. And so, in actual practice, it's the bishops of the church that sit above Scripture and tradition. Even though they they say they're equal, it's the bishops that are the sole interpreters of Scripture, and they twist and distort Scripture so that it always conforms with their ungodly and sometimes pagan tradition. So, we have to stress the importance when we witness to Catholics to establish the Word of God as the supreme authority. Second Timothy 3.15 would be a great verse. We see that all Scripture is inspired by God. It's mm-hmm. God-breathed, and it's useful for reproof, which means for correction, and for exposing error, and you can use it to correct error as well. So that is the authority over the teachings of men and over religious traditions. So it's it's very important to recognize, though the Catholic Church will say, yes, we uphold the authority of Scripture, that there seems to be a higher authority, because if it contradicts uh, tradition or contradicts uh, that which is said by by the priest uh, or, or Pope himself, that those traditions or uh, statements from the Pope would have greater bearing than the teaching of Scripture itself. Yeah, and we have a great verse to point Catholics to, Acts 17, 11, where the Apostle Paul is preaching in the synagogues of Berea. Mm-hmm. As he's preaching, he notices his listeners are searching the Scriptures to find out if an apostle is teaching them the truth. They're testing an apostle's teaching, the veracity of his teaching, to see if it's correct. Right. And they're using Scripture to do that. So if an apostle is under that kind of scrutiny, then every pope, bishop, pastor, evangelist, they should all come under the same scrutiny of Scripture. And they were commended for doing so. That's right. I I mean, called Bereans uh, for doing that. And with eagerness, readiness of mind, they searched the Scriptures daily, whether those things were so. Is he really saying true according to the teachings of Scripture itself? That's right. And and I've coined an expression, the Bible is what God says, Catholicism is what man says God says. Hmm. And there's a big difference. We can go directly to the source for truth. We don't have to go through men. We can go to the Bible itself. Looking at the pictures again, uh, what's the difference? You also say there is a different Jesus. Yes, there is. And um, this is so important because in the Roman Catholic religion, they have a Jesus that does not provide eternal life. Catholics only have conditional life. And that's because residual sin always remains that has to be purified in a place called purgatory. In Roman Catholicism, there's a continuous striving to gain God's acceptance. But the biblical Jesus provides eternal, everlasting life. That's the promise of our Lord's gospel. And he provides the complete forgiveness of sin. We see that in Colossians 2, 13 and 14. The eternal sin debt was nailed to the cross. Hmm. And then Jesus also offers his believers a permanent right standing before God. And by one offering, he has made perfect forever those who are being sanctified. We're going to take a break here. We're going to pick up more on this uh, difference, uh, different Jesus between Roman Catholicism and biblical Christianity. Mike Jenrin with us in studio today, founder and director of Proclaiming the Gospel Ministry. Today we're asking the question, what's the difference? More to come after the break. You're listening to Crosstalk. Back to Genesis with Dr. John Morris, Creation Seminar Speaker at the Institute for Creation Research. Dr. Morris, did man come from the chimpanzee? Chris, according to evolution, chimps and man came from a hypothetical ape-like common ancestor, the so-called missing link. Recently, an evolutionist claimed he found clues that the common ancestor of chimps and man walked upright. Therefore, the chimps who live in trees had ancestors which walked upright on the ground. Was evolution from the tree down or from the ground up? Chris, I don't think either ever happened. But you can see the links to which evolution must go to salvage their theory and try to accommodate new evidence. Chris, the evidence doesn't support evolution at all. Apes and men were created as is back in Genesis. There have been minor variations in both, but no evolution. 
To learn more about creation, get our free DVD called That's a Fact. Call us at 800-628-7640 and mention the promo code FACT. You're listening to Crosstalk on VCY America. The question today, what's the difference? Mike Gendron with us today, founder and director of Proclaiming the Gospel Ministry. And friends, we trust that you'll put aside the the emotion and look at the facts, the very issues that we're talking about. Because uh, Mike is talking about, even in the scenario just a bit ago, a different authority to uphold the authority of God's Word, the Bible. Study the Scriptures yourselves. Go to the Scriptures. See what God has said on these issues. So Mike is here talking about the what's the difference. We're talking about seven different differences today. We've talked about a different church, a different authority. And now, Mike, we're right in the midst of a different church. Jesus. Pick up where you left off. Sure. The Roman Catholic Jesus did not satisfy divine justice. You know, Jim, for 35 years as a Catholic, I knew Jesus died for the sins of the world. That was taught to me throughout. But was what was never taught was that Jesus died as a substitute for sinners. Mm-hmm. The Catholic Church does not teach the penal substitution of Christ. Mm-hmm. So when I found that Jesus died as my substitute, that he bore all of my sin and all the guilt and the wrath of God that I deserve— And then he gave me his righteousness. That saved me by my faith in Christ. But the Roman Catholic Jesus does not satisfy divine justice. He does not provide direct access to God. Catholics must go through their priesthood, even though when Jesus died, the veil separating the Holy of Holies from sinful man was torn open from top to bottom, showing that now, through faith in the shed blood of Jesus, we have direct access to the Father through the Son. The Roman Catholic Jesus does not make believers perfect forever. In fact, the doctrine of justification in the Catholic Church is so twisted and distorted. Catholics must do works in order to be justified. And the Bible clearly says it is by faith alone in Christ alone that we are justified and made right before God. And the Roman Catholic Jesus does not secure salvation. Catholics have no assurance, no security that the moment they die, they're going to be with the Lord in heaven. That's because their gospel, their plan of salvation is a gospel of works righteousness. It's what they do along with what Christ has done. But the biblical gospel declares that Jesus has done it all and we're saved by grace through faith in him alone. Let me ask you this, and many will take you to the book of James where it says faith without works is dead, or it tells us about Abraham being justified by his works. What does that mean then? I mean, that seems to contradict what you just said. Well, not at all. In fact, James is simply contrasting two different types of faith. He's contrasting living faith with Mm -hmm. dead, spurious faith. And he's saying if faith, which is the root, is dead, it will not produce any fruit. But if faith, which is the root, is alive, then you're going to see fruit. And so he's just contrasting dead and living faith. Obviously, works is an important issue to consider, Roman Catholicism teaches you must do good works in order to be justified. Biblical Christianity says once you are justified, once you're a new creature in Christ, then you do the good works that God has prepared for you to walk in. So the timing is important. We come to the cross with empty hands of faith. The motivation is we are doing our works out of love and gratitude for having been saved. Catholics say we must do good works in order to be saved. Big difference. Mike Gendron with us today. Let's get to the fourth one, a different gospel. Yes, and this is so important because the Apostle Paul in Galatians chapter 1, verses 6 to 9, said, if anyone comes preaching a different gospel, let them be anathema. And he said that because the Judaizers were believing just as Roman Catholics do Mm -hmm. in all the fundamentals of the faith. But they said, if you're a Gentile, you not only need to believe that, you need to be circumcised. Well, Paul didn't say, let's have unity with these professing Christians. He pronounced a divine curse on them. Let them be anathema, because they added one requirement to the gospel of grace. When you look at the Catholic plan of salvation, they've not added circumcision, but they've added baptism. It's the sacrament of regeneration and the sacrament of justification. Catholics must receive sacraments as a requirement for salvation. Catholics must do good works in order to be justified. Catholics must obey the law in order to be saved. Jim, that places them under a curse because no one can obey the law perfectly. In fact, James said it so clearly. 
if you obey the law perfectly and yet stumble at one part, you're guilty, guilty of breaking the entire law. So here you see all these requirements added to the gospel of grace in the Catholic Church is under the same divine curse that the Judaizers were. And that's why I have such a compassion for Catholics. We need to rescue them out from a clergy that is under a divine anathema for distorting and perverting the gospel of Jesus Christ. The gospel, according to Jesus, is we are saved by grace apart from merit, faith apart from works, in Christ alone, according to Scripture alone, all for the glory of God alone. So we have to point Catholics to the gospel of grace. A different gospel. Uh, Mike, let's move on to the uh, next difference that you point out, a different Mary. Yes. The Roman Catholic religion not only has another Jesus and another gospel, but they also have another Mary. And she is said to be a sinless mediatrix. In other words, all the graces must flow through her hands in order for Catholics to receive grace. And this is another Mary. I want to quote paragraph 494 of the Catechism. Without a single sin to restrain her, she became the Mm -hmm. cause of salvation for herself and the whole human race. In other words, Catholics have two sinless mediators. They have Jesus and they have Mary. And in paragraph 969, as mediatrix, she did not lay aside the saving office, but by her manifold intercession continues to bring us the gifts of salvation. So clearly this is robbing Christ of all of his glory. Christ alone is our Savior, our only mediator. He's the one that redeems us through his precious blood. And yet Catholics look to Mary as another way to get to heaven. So let's talk about what the angel said, um, uh, you know, told her that she was blessed above women. Um, what does that mean then uh, in that regard? Um, Hail thou that art highly favored. You know, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Well, she was the most blessed woman because the Lord Jesus was conceived in her womb and she gave birth to Jesus Christ. And so... Looking to the scriptures, we know that Mary recognized she was a sinner because in Luke chapter 2, she looked at Jesus as her Savior. And Jim, you know, the only ones that need a Savior are those who are sinners and Mm -hmm. destined for hell. She said, my soul hath rejoiced in God my Savior. That's right. Those were her words. So it's a different Mary, that the, the Mary that Roman Catholicism puts before individuals today. That picture is different than the picture that we have in Scripture itself. That's right, and it robs the Lord Jesus of all of his glory. (laughs) Okay, let's move on to uh, point number six, a different view of sin. Yeah, this is really an interesting concept. It's so important because, in some sense, a different view of sin for Catholics is their safety net. Catholics believe there are two categories of sin. There's venial sin, which are lesser sins, and there's mortal sin, which is deadly and sends you to hell, and that would be Sins like murder or adultery or missing church on Sunday. Venial sins would be anything less than that. And so when you look to the first lie of the devil in the garden, remember what he told Eve? You surely shall not die if you break God's command. Mm -hmm. Roman Catholicism has perpetuated that lie by saying, if you commit a venial sin, you surely shall not die. So now that they have a, a venial sin that doesn't send them to hell, they need to create a new place to send them. So they create a place called purgatory, and that's where Catholics go to have their venial sins purged away. But now that you have them in purgatory, you need something to get them out. So they created indulgences, which is the remission of temporal punishment for sin. So I call this the trilogy of deception, starting with a lie in the garden, going through this fictitious place called purgatory, indulgences which Catholics must purchase to get their loved ones out of this fictitious place. This is how St. Peter's Basilica was built, through the selling of God's forgiveness in the form of indulgences. You've told us, Mike, to go to the authority of God's Word. Where in the Bible does it talk about purgatory? It doesn't, nor does it talk about venial sins. In fact, it says in Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death. In Ezekiel 18.4, the soul that sins will surely die. And so there's only two destinies when we die. One is heaven, one is hell. And we need to warn Roman Catholics, you've been deceived by this trilogy of deception. 
So, friends, today we're asking the question, what's the difference? And Mike Gendron is with us today. We've talked about a different church, a different authority, a different Jesus, a different gospel, a different Mary, a different view of sin. And point number seven for today is a different path to eternity. Tell us about it. And this is really the most important because it was the Lord Jesus in Matthew 7 that talked about two paths to eternity, two gates. He said to enter through the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is broad that leads to destruction, and there are many who enter through it. The gate is small and the way is narrow that leads to life, and there are few who find it. Mm. And listen to the context, Jim. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. In other words, you can see these wolves dressed up in sheep's clothing are standing in front of the narrow gate saying, it's not this way, it's the broad way. And that's what's happening to Catholics. They're listening to their false teachers. And so they're on the broad way being deceived about the narrow way being the true way that leads to life. And eternity depends upon it. It really does. In Luke's gospel, Jesus said you must strive to enter the narrow gate. Mm -hmm. And here's the reason why you need to strive. Mm -hmm. You've got false teachers standing in front of it. So if you want to know the true way, you have to diligently search the scriptures to find the true way. Friends, there are more differences, but these are seven that we're highlighting here today on the Crosstalk program, asking the question, what's the difference? Now, um, if those of you who would like to get online with us today, we're going to open the phone lines where you may call and uh, ask your question. Maybe Mike said something that you need some clarification on. Maybe you disagree with something. Maybe you can affirm what he has said uh, because you've walked that path before. Our number is 800-733-9829, 1-800-733-9829. Now, Mike, uh, you have uh, spoken in long form on this issue. We've condensed a lot of information here but uh, you have a special offer for our, our Crosstalk listeners today. Yeah, it's a DVD with a message entitled, I'm a Christian, you're a Catholic, so what's the difference? And as you said, we go through these seven differences in a lot more detail, but it's really an important DVD to share because there are many who do not know that Roman Catholics need to hear the gospel. There's a lot of confusion now, so this really makes a, a very distinct difference between the two different faiths. And hopefully it will cause Roman Catholics to be challenged in their unbelief, and they'll turn to the Scriptures for the truth. And so that's available. It's a discounted for VCY listeners. We're also including a free publication called Rome versus the Bible. And there we show 13 major points where the Roman Catholic Catechism disagrees with God's inspired and errant word. Did you say Roman Catholic Catechism disagrees with the inspired Word of God? It does, and we lay out 13 major differences. Wow. So once again, it's a different religion. Uh, in fact, biblical Christianity is actually a, re- a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, I exchanged my religion for a relationship mm. with Christ. Amen. Amen. Well, friends, you can uh, obtain this through Mike's website, proclaimingthegospel.org. You'll find the DVD discounted there. Uh, simply go to his website, proclaimingthegospel.org, click on store, then on video messages. You'll see a number of video messages there, uh, and look for the ones there on DVD. And again, this one is entitled, I'm a Christian, you're a Catholic, so what's the difference? You'll find a discounted uh, rate there on the site. And also, let me just mention that uh, if you do get that video and you contact them for this, they'll send you a complimentary copy of that tract entitled, Rome versus the Bible. Again, that's proclaimingthegospel.org. You may also call and leave a message at this number, 817-379-5300. So if you don't have access online, you may give them a call, 817-379-5300. Well, we'll be back in just one minute here on Crosstalk to take your phone calls and uh, uh, talk further on this topic today, What's the Difference? Back in one minute here on the VCY American Network. Scripture says that as it was in the days of Noah, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. We're reminded from Genesis that every imagination of the thoughts of man's heart was only evil continually. Christ also spoke of impending wars, ethnic conflicts, spiritual deception, famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in various places. It sounds like today's newspaper headlines, yet many people are oblivious to the times in which we are living. 
In the book, It Could Happen Tomorrow, Dr. Gary Fraser presents future events that will shake the world. He writes of the Great Disappearing, America in Prophecy, the Birth of the New World Order, the Islamic Invasion of Israel, the Great Deceiver, a Global Religion, the Temple Rebuilt, the Mark, and the Glorious Appearing. The book presents both a message of hope to those who know Christ as Savior, as well as a message of warning to those who do not. It Could Happen Tomorrow is available for a donation of $15 or two copies for a donation of $25 by calling VCY America at 1-800-729-9829. Mike Gendron with us here today on Crosstalk. And normally he's by way of telephone, but he's in studio today because he is speaking this weekend at uh, Brookside Baptist Church. Uh, They're located 4470 Pilgrim Road in Brookfield, and meetings are open to the public uh, to attend. And I understand, Mike, that uh, tomorrow morning you're going to be holding some sessions uh, from 8.30 a.m. till noon, and then also on the Lord's Day, uh, Sunday, 9 a.m., 10.15 a.m., and at 6 p.m. And uh, you're going to have a different message at all of these? Every. Every message will be different except for the Sunday morning. We have two services, so the message will be the same. On the Sunday morning, so either the 9 a.m. or 10, 15 morning service, but it'll be a different message at 6 p.m. That's th- right. that evening. And again, uh, he'll, he'll be dealing with a number of issues, uh, even further talking about the issues we're talking about here today, but also the uh, convergence of Islam and Catholicism, and that's amazing, folks, to see. Uh, the similarities going on there with Islam, and then also rescuing Catholics for eternity as well. Right. And then we're going to talk about discernment Sunday evening, so something we all need to have in these times of great deception. So again, friends, uh, those of you in southeast Wisconsin, uh, you can uh, check it out. Uh, uh, and here, Mike, there's no cost, no no reservations. It's 4470 Pilgrim Road in Brookfield. If you need more information, it's available on the church's website, Brookside BC. that stands for Baptist Church, brooksidebc.org. Well, our lines are packed here today, and we'll get uh, right to your calls. So we're going to begin with uh, Pastor Mark calling from Missouri. Pastor Mark, you're on the air. Mary is not, nor was not, is not omnipresent or omniscient. There's no way for her to hear prayers from earth in order to be a channel of blessing or grace to the Catholics. Ecclesiastes 9, 5 through 6 says that the dead, dead people know nothing of what goes on under the sun. So she knows nothing because she's dead. And Ecclesiastes 9, 5 through 6 says that no one knows what's going on from heaven or hell under the sun, which is typified as on earth. And Mary was a sinner. She was not immaculately conceived. That was Jesus that had a sinless life and a sinless nature. Mary was a sinner because she said in her Magnificat that she praised her Savior and who would need to praise a Savior if they weren't a sinner? That's all I have. Thank you, Pastor Mark. Mike. Well, thank you, Mark. Yes, I say amen and amen. And there's also another verse that needs to be looked at, and that's uh, Deuteronomy 18.15, where we're not to call upon the dead. It's an abomination before God. So to call upon Mary in prayer is to be an abomination to God. Bobby is calling from Park Hills, Kentucky. Bobby, you're on the air. Hi, how are you today? Fine, thank you. Awesome. I um, was raised Christian, and then I, when I asked my wife to marry me, she's Catholic from a Catholic family, so I went through the courses to become Catholic so I could marry her in the church. And after I did the seven months, the, one of the final requests was that I had to accept Mary as another belief. And um, I just find that what you've said today is so much more in my heart about going straight to Jesus and... Uh, that he built the church on the rock of God and not on the church of Catholics, which, you know, I'm not going to go against my family, but I believe going straight to Jesus is the only way that I'm going to be saved, not by going through Father such-and-such up on the altar or praying to Mary. So I just want to thank you for what I've heard today while I'm driving uh, down the road, and I just appreciate that because it gives me another sense of making it to heaven 
with our Lord and Savior. Oh, Bobby, I'm going to have Mike interact with you because I, I would guess that you're also concerned about your wife, that she also would be on her way to heaven as well. Completely. And we pray for one another to get to heaven. And she actually is much more, my wife Julie is much more on the path that I am. Like her mother's taught her that like Catholics are going to go to heaven first and Catholics and other practices aren't where the Catholicism is. And, I, and we've just both are like, we throw our hands up. We're like, there's no way. Jesus Christ is our Savior first and foremost, and that's the bottom line. Mike. Bobby, let me just encourage you to know that God has appointed you to be spiritual leader of your family, and you must stand on the truth of God's Word, even if it means there's going to be some disharmony in your marriage. You will be held accountable before God as to how you lead your family. The Roman Catholic religion is an apostate form of Christianity. As you heard, it's under a divine curse. For preaching a different gospel, so you need to get your family out from that Catholic church and find a Bible-believing church that submits to the authority of God's Word and preaches and believes the true gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. I just hope and pray that you will do that, and please contact us through our ministry. We will provide resources for you and your family so that you can know the truth. Amen. And today's gospel that I read was Jesus saying that two will be in bed and one will wake up alone. So I, I actually, when you were talking today, that resonated, like, I don't want to wake, I, I want to be in heaven and not my wife at home in bed when it's taken, when I'm taken to heaven. Yes, indeed. And uh, so therefore, you want to be on the right path, and that's following the authority of Scripture itself, Bobby. And uh, Mike, what you're saying, you're challenging, Bobby, leave the Catholic Church, get into a, a church that upholds the authority of Scripture. That's right. Amen. And- I totally, you know, you're, while I was driving down the road today, you came in and then it all staticked out. And of course, I, I'm not reaching it other than I got the call in, which mm-hmm. is, is awesome because I really feel in my heart, in my soul right now that I'm like, okay, this is a direction I had to hear this. And so thank you. And I'm going to look into your ministry and find that path and continue to strive forth to uh, bring my wife to heaven with me the mm-hmm. right way. All right, Bobby, you've just made our day. Thank you. Thanks for the call. Amen. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye now. Let's go to William, East Troy, Wisconsin. William, you're on the air. Yeah, thanks for taking my call today. I was saved out of uh, Roman Catholicism over 35-plus years ago. I praise the Lord Jesus Christ that I'm born again. And I wanted to bring to two quick things. You know, Catholics venerate Mary as a co-mediatrix with Jesus, but yet in John chapter 2... Jesus saith unto her, Woman, what have I to do with thee? Mine hour is not yet come. His mother saith unto the servants, Whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. When when I get a chance to witness to Roman Catholics, I ask them if they venerate Mary or hold her up in a high regard, and then I ask them, Why are you not obeying her? And they ask me, What do I mean? And I show them that passage, and they say, Oh. And it's like, you know, she is not the mother of God. She's the mother of Jesus. And she said do whatever he commands. So what did he command us to do? You must be born again. And when you ask Catholics that, most have no idea what they're what, what that's about. But my question is today, Brother Mike, do you have any information about the, um, the Knights of Columbus and their veneration of Mary and how really they're not following the doctrine of Jesus Christ? And is it connected with the Jesuits, and, and how does it all tie together with the end times and things like that? Okay. Do you have uh, anything like that? Yeah, and we can't go into great detail because yeah. that's another whole program, but go yeah, ahead. Yeah, we do have some, some excellent DVDs that cover that, and one of them is uh, Prophecies Surrounding the Rapture. Another one is The Coming One World Religion, and so we get into that. But uh, I really encourage you to keep abiding in the Scriptures and sharing the true gospel with those that you meet. Thank you, William. Yes, thank you. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. Gary is calling next. Hi, Gary, you're on the air. Afternoon, thank you. Uh, I got a question for Mike. I haven't spoken with you on the web for a while, but I was curious about the, the Christ that's still on the cross in Catholic churches. I don't understand what all the information in the Bible, why they leave him up there. Yeah, I can explain that to you. Um, It's because they believe that Jesus continues the work of redemption on Catholic altars that he finished on the cross. And the priest is the one who has the power to call the Lord Jesus down from heaven and through the miracle of transubstantiate, 
transubstantiation um, changed the inner substance of a wafer into his physical body and blood. So he's still on the cross, and um, he's also depicted as a lifeless piece of bread or a helpless babe in the arms of his mother. All three of those depictions in the Catholic religion are images of a Christ that is helpless to do anything to save Catholics. So we need to look to the risen Savior. He's uh, ascended into heaven. He sits at the right hand of the Father. His work of redemption is finished, and and that's why um, Catholics still have Christ on the cross, because their work of redemption is not done. That's bizarre. I I, I understand the Mary thing, because I was watching television one time, and a Catholic service was on the air, and a priest had a, a statue of Mary off to his left. It was almost bigger than her person. They have alabaster. And I thought, oh, no wonder they want to worship mm. Mary, you know? Kiri, thank you for the call here today. And uh, the Pope has gone so far to pray to Mary, uh, to the statue, and kiss the statue, etc. He has, yes. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't realize it's an abomination before God because Mary cannot hear or answer prayers. Midway, Florida, we have Matt calling in. Hi, Matt, you're on the air. Thank you, gentlemen, for this broadcast today. It's, it's really timely. Uh, I feel like um, the Catholicism is uh, infiltrating in a lot of different faith-based organizations. And, uh, Mike, I, I need your take on, on one in particular. I recently came back from a Kairos walk, and uh, a priest shows up on Saturday with his collar, and, and it really kind of torqued my jaw a little bit, but I, I, I maintained my my uh, you know, vigilance there, and, and he went on with it. But it seems as if they are um, slowly taking over other, you know, other entities that that are supposedly you know non-denominational and faith-based. Cause, because the group we had there at this particular prison were, you know, it was over half of the Catholics. And and during the pre-meetings before we went on the journey, I I actually called one guy on it, and I said, you know, we don't have to pray to Mary. You know, we're, we're all we're all yeah, we're all under the blood of Jesus, but this particular person got, you know, rather snobbish about it, you know, and I didn't like it one bit, and I'm I'm not going to participate in Kairos anymore. So what, what's your take on, on all this stuff that's going on? Thank you, Mac. Yeah, Mac, we need to be sanctified by the truth. God has called us out of the world of people for his own possession, sanctified by the truth. And then in 2 Corinthians six fourteen to 18, you see that we're not to be unequally yoked with unbelievers. Because what does Christ have in common with Belial? What does light have in common with darkness? We need to remain separate. And But the ecumenical movement is is going forth at a very rapid rate because of this pope. And he's got a lot of willing partners in the evangelical churches that are signing unity accords, saying we share a common gospel. And so we need to hold these people accountable. And, and thank you for your courage to stand up to this priest. He needs the gospel. And any time you see compromise. We need to contend earnestly for the faith. Mac, we appreciate your call. We're going next to Kathy in Conyers, Georgia. And Kathy, you're on the air. Yes. um, My mother was raised Catholic. And um, when I was a child, she was introduced into the charismatic movement in the Catholic Church. And um, through that, she knew that the Catholic Church was wrong, but she stayed in it so that she could introduce Jesus to her family, but I didn't think that was the correct way to go. You were right. It's not the correct way. In fact, anyone that's born again cannot remain in the Catholic Church because in John four twenty four, we see that God seeks worshipers in spirit and in truth, and you cannot worship Christ in the spirit of truth in the Catholic Church. It's an apostate religion, and you must come out. Kathy, thank you for the call. Up against a break, Mike Gendron with us here today on Crosstalk, asking the question, what's the difference? Now, if you missed that DVD offer here, we'll be repeating that right after the break, so stay with us. We'll be back in one minute. You're listening to Crosstalk.
For the Worldview Report, I'm Brandon House. Our website is worldviewreport.com. For the last two days, I've had Trevor Loudon in my television studio. He's the author of two very important books, Part 1 and Part 2, Security Risk Senators. He goes into the U.S. senators that have ties directly back to well-known communist and socialist and Marxist organizations, many of them who, troubling, have ties to China. Many of them also have ties to Islamic groups like CARE, Council on American-Islamic Relations, which is really a front group for Hamas, which is a front group for Muslim Brotherhood. This is the red-green axis, the red being the Marxist, the green being represented by the Islamic flags of Islamic nations. And they're working together to bring down America. And many of these U.S. senators, 30 of them, 30 of them in your U.S. Senate, my friends, are tied back to this red-green axis. We have been invaded from within. You can find out more at TrevorLoudon.com. I highly recommend his book. You're listening to Crosstalk on VCY America. Mike Gendron is with us today from Proclaiming the Gospel Ministry. We're asking the question today, what's the difference? Now, friends, you can obtain copies of this program today or uh, within a couple hours. We'll be up at our website, uh, crosstalkamerica.com. You can send links to others. And uh, uh, there is so much more, though, on this teaching. Uh, Mike has prepared a DVD entitled, I'm a Christian, You're a Catholic, So What's the Difference? And uh, about how long is this DVD, Mike? It's 55 minutes. Okay, 55 minutes. And uh, uh, where it goes into much more detail on these, you'll find it on his website uh, at proclaimingthegospel.org. Proclaimingthegospel.org. You can click on store, then click on video messages. You'll see the DVD listings there, and uh, you'll find this among many others. You'll find some other titles, no doubt, that will be of interest to you as well. But he has reduced this one down today for our Crosstalk listeners. I'm a Christian. You're a Catholic, so what's the difference? And uh, also those who contact them, they'll send a complimentary tract as well that he wrote entitled Rome Versus the Bible. And uh, you can go to the website or you may call, leave a message on their phone. He's in the studio with us today. But uh, the number to call, 817-379-5300. 817-379-5300. Well, the phone lines are packed. We're going right back to the lines. Holding the longest has been Wayne in Menominee Falls. Wayne, you're on the air. Yes, I'd like to comment on the book of James. Some people call it the Catholic epistle because it says if you don't quote, you see a you know, poor man where you don't quote him, you just say to him, go eat. And you don't quote him. They say that that's, you know, works, but the, the um, book of James context is, is to the Christians to the believers scattered abroad. Yep. So that can't be referring to work salvation. It has to be referring to yep. living out. And matter of fact, yep, he's referred to this already here on the program. Wayne, did you hear his discussion on James? Yes, I did. Okay. I was just I was just trying to um, to confirm what he said. Okay, good. Thank yes. you. Thank you so very much. Uh, we've got uh, Mark in Ashland, Kentucky. Mark, you're on the air. Uh, yes, thanks for taking my call, Mike. I love you, brother, as much as I love my brothers and sisters in the Catholic Church. They need a deliverance from that apostate church. But the one of the most significant differences is, you know, the true and real church is the bride of Christ. The Catholic Church is the bride of the world. She's married to the world, and she's the harlot in Revelation 17. And uh, you can read about her, uh, the what the Lord speaks to her is in uh, the Church of Thyatira, Revelation chapter 2, verse 18. Amen. I've actually done a, a video message on that, too. So it's called uh, Mystery Babylon, and definitely the fingerprints are on the Roman Catholic Church as the harlot. Thank you, Mark, for the call here. Uh, Maria is next in Pennsylvania. You're on the air, Maria. Yes, uh, I just have a tremendous testimony. I came in 1974 from Poland, uh, and I was a Catholic. I came as an exchange student. I met my husband for the now 48 years, who, by living what he believes, never preached on me and say, you have to, you have to. Yes, he gave me the gospel, but... He never pushed me, but I knew he had something I don't, and I desire so much. When he was not home, I would pick up the Bible and try to read, couldn't make any sense of it. 
I was so frustrated. And he kept saying to me, because I would ask him a question, why can't I understand? And he said, this is not like any other book. It's written to the children of God. You must be born again. Don't talk to me about stuff like that. Wow. The night I accepted Christ Jesus as my Savior, which was 40, 45 years ago. Oh, my goodness. I love Jesus. I witness everywhere I go. Praise God. God gave me the, the, the gift of evangelism. But I tell you what, as a Catholic, and especially in Poland, oh, my goodness, these people are so deceived. They're living in a darkness. My daddy, who survived Holocaust, he would never go with us to Catholic Church. When I was about 10 years old, I said, Daddy, why don't you go to church with us? He said, I can't. Why can't you, Daddy? He said, because this man is not God. Well, a priest would stand in the front step, and you have to kiss his hands and say, God bless you, Holy Father, and as you passing the, the doorway, the entrance. And the service was in Latin. There was a big black book in front of him. Mm-hmm. Only he had connection with God. No one could pass that. Yeah. My father said, when I was in concentration camp, I faced that every second. One day this man approached me, and it was in conversation like they could stand and talk, whatever few words here and there. And he said, whatever they were doing, picking up garbage or something, and because if Germans sure. saw that you're talking, they could kill you. He said, if they kill you now, do you know where you're going? And my father said, well, I'm a good man. I never yeah. do anything. You know, I, I mean, and I'm sorry to interrupt you, Maria, because it's a very long story, and we're down to just a couple minutes remaining here. But I just want to say, Mike, how grateful we are that she has found new life in Jesus Christ. Amen. And she was right. Uh, the unbeliever cannot discern the things of God because they're spiritually appraised. You must first be born of the Spirit. So Amen. praise God for your testimony. I wish we had time for the entire story. But thank you, Maria, for calling in here today. Uh, Mike is calling next. Mike in Milwaukee, you're on the air. Yeah, hello. I just have two quick questions for Mr. Gendron there for regarding Christians who have converted from Catholicism. Uh, early on in my transformation when I converted, I was given a gift, and it was uh, apparently a Catholic cross, you know, with the image of Christ crucified on it. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering what advice you would give the people who still have those items because of maybe their Catholic past, even though they're not doing that anymore. Is okay. it something you should get rid of? Give it to a Catholic so it doesn't go to waste. Is it okay to turn it backwards so you don't see the crucified okay. cross? Okay, and what, what, is, it, what is your second question, Mike? The second question is, um, in Catholicism, I believe it's a Roman Catholic thing. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but after all the prayers, and when they say amen, they do the sign of the cross, right? And then when you are no longer a Catholic and you're just believing in the Bible and you're a Christian, is it inappropriate to continue doing that? Okay, thank you. We've got 30 seconds left, Mike. No, the answer on the sign of the cross, no problem. That's how the early Christians identified themselves in a persecuted world. But as far as the other um, rosaries and crucifixes, yes, I would get rid of them, bury them, throw them out, but don't give them away because it's idolatry. Oh, thank you for the call here today. I wish we had more time and more callers. We apologize we do not. But, uh, friends, you can reach out to Proclaiming the Gospel Ministry, uh, their website, proclaimingthegospel.org, proclaimingthegospel.org, uh, and uh, type in an email. If you have questions here, you may also call, leave a message, 817-379-5300. Mike, thanks for being with us. My joy, my privilege. Thanks, Jim. Mike Gendron with us here in Friends in Southeast Wisconsin. You can catch him this weekend at Brooks. Brookside Baptist Church. All the details at brooksidebc.org. God bless you folks. Thanks for joining us today on Crosstalk. You've been listening to Crosstalk via satellite and the internet from BCY America. Views expressed may or may not be those of this station. For a CD of today's program, send a donation of $6 or more to VCY Tape Ministry, 3434 West Kilbourne Avenue, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 53208. Or download by RSS or podcast from crosstalkamerica.com. And join us again for Crosstalk. Crosstalk.